Lord will see fit uh, to go with them. All right, you have your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Micah. That's one of the old, uh, that's one of the minor prophets. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Uh, that's one of the um, minor prophets. He comes just before Nahum and right after Jonah. So if you look for it, and that's the best way to find it. If you see any of those, you're getting close to Micah. Micah, the sixth chapter. I want to read this. Um, this is a message that I pray that the Lord will see fit to uh, bless you in because it's something that I think we need today as far as uh, the church is concerned, as far as God's children are concerned. He says, Hear ye now, first verse of Micah 6, he says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Always good good that's that's a good uh, 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 thing to do arise and contend thou before uh, the mountains and let the hills hear thy voice hear ye O mountains the Lord is the Lord's controversy and ye strong foundations of the earth for the Lord hath a controversy with his people and he will plead with Israel O my people, what have I done unto thee, and wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me, for I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed thee out of the house of servants, and I sent before thee Moses and Aaron and, and Miriam. O my people, remember now that Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what uh, Balaam the son of uh, Bor answered him from, from Chedim unto Gil, uh, Gilgal that ye may know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me get this back where it was, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God and Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed thee, <clears throat> O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the word. Lord, what a great blessing it is as, as we can go through your word and, and these messages just almost jump out at you if you're one of God's men. And Lord, this message this morning has come upon me the same way. And, Lord, I pray that you'll see fit, if it be your will, to bless us as I attempt to preach it. Lord, I pray you'll use me for thy honor and thy glory, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I got quite a long title to this message, uh, uh, The Lord's Controversy with His People. The Lord's Controversy with His People. 
And you're going to find as we go through this, I know this, this is all talking about Israel, but it's no different today. You know, the Lord still has a controversy with his people and uh, constantly. So we want to look at this as we go through it. Uh, we want to uh, see this. Uh, you know, the very first uh, part of verse 2, he says, Hear ye, O mountain, the Lord's controversy. You know, we're going to learn what the Lord's controversy is, what 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 the Lord doesn't like about his people, doesn't like what some of the things his people are doing. After all he had done for his people, why should there still be a controversy between them and God? It is sad to say, but even the Lord's chosen are often very stubborn. God's controversy with mankind began at the fall of the first man and the first woman. This caused man to have to be reconciled reconciled to God for he sinned against a thrice holy and righteous God that's why you know I know we talk about a lot we talk about uh, sin I see it a lot where people uh, talk about what terrible sinners they are and, and such and such as this well you know when you really get down to look at it you know in some in some ways all of us are terrible sinners you know, we're, we're terrible sinners when it comes to uh, uh, serving the Lord. Now, God asked two sorrowful questions. Two sorrowful questions that we want to think about this morning for, for the beginning of this message. He says, Oh, my people, what have I done unto thee? What have I done unto thee? What have I done unto thee that you don't treat me as you should? What have I done unto thee that you don't serve me as you should? What have I done unto thee that you don't come to me as you should? What I've done, what have I done unto thee that you don't believe that I'm going to take care of you? What have I done unto you? You know, ask yourself. This question, next time you you decide that you're going to sin, and, and that's what happens, you know. We, I, I think, I think if, if we realize what God has done for us, I, I don't believe we should ever decide that we're going to sin. I, I, I'm serious about that. You know, I, I don't think we should have what, he, what all he's done for us, but key to it is, has he done for us? What has he done for us? What what has he done for you? What has he done for me? You know, individual, you young people back there, what has he done for you? That you that you that you realize that he maybe doesn't want you to do some of the things you're doing. Why? What has he done to you? Well, we need to take time this morning and think about. What have we done for the Lord? What, ha what has he done to us, to, to us? But what have we done for the Lord? God is long-suffering in patience and kindness toward his children. Always been that way. You know, he, he's, always, he's always said, yes, I know you've sinned. I know you've sinned, but, but if you're one of God's children, 
he has a way for you to come to him and approach him. And a lot of times people don't do it the way that God would have it done. We have been redeemed by the blood of his beloved son. What have we done unto the Lord? Why would God turn his face from his own people? It was Isaiah, the prophet, who said, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, and he will not hear. Oh, how much we pray. How, how much we pray. How diligently we pray. And it, it's almost like sometimes that uh, God's not hearing us, but I do believe he hears us. I believe he hears every prayer that goes up to him, but he doesn't necessarily honor those prayers, not because of they're not good prayers, but because sometimes we're not good people. We're not, we're not good people. We, we try to go to the Lord when we have sin in our heart and we have things in our heart and, and, and those things don't work. I, I see so much about this. I guess that's one thing that led me to this message during this week is I see so much on Facebook where people talk so much about praying. Pray for me. Pray for the family. Pray for this one. Pray for that one. Pray for that one. But uh, you have to understand that God doesn't accept prayer if, if a heart's not clean. There may no difference who it is. God doesn't accept prayer if the hearts are not clean. If, if our hearts must be clean when we go to God. They must be clean, and, and uh, we must realize, the Lord, uh, is there anything in me that will stop you from answering my prayer or not stop you from from honoring my prayers. Is there anything in me, Lord? Is there anything there that would stop me? And and uh, I think eventually the Lord will show you. He'll show you what the problem is. So he told he told Israel, he said, the reason I don't answer your prayers is because of your iniquities, because of your sin. The the uh, he says he he says uh, uh, he goes on to say. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, none, nor I'm sorry, called nor any plead for truth. Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4. O Lord, help us, help our weaknesses, help our weaknesses because he... He tells us right here what our problems are. He tells us right here, just like he told Israel. I, I think he talks to us the same way. I think he shows us and uh, the same way as he as he did Israel. Uh, he he tells us what's wrong with us, and I think he's he's been very plain about it. He he says the reason the reason I don't hear your prayers is is because your hands are defiled with blood. Your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath murmured perverseness, none calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. O oh Lord, help our helplessness. Help our weaknesses. Our weaknesses is, you know, we, we don't realize we're doing these things. 
But I, I don't think, why would our message from the Lord, why would the Lord's message to, to Israel be any different than the Lord's message is to us? Why would that be any different as, as I thought about this? You know, this is what God is telling. And the second question, sorrowful question that God asked, he says, wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. Why? Why? How did I weary you? What did God do that wearied you? What did God do to make you throw your hands up and say, I give up? I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do. No, no, no child of God should ever come to the shape to where they don't know what to do. Should never. Should never. But why is it that we do? Why is it we do like that? Why is it that, you know, and I, I catch myself sometimes when, when I was, of course, when I, when I prepare a message, it always comes right back to me, every, every statement I make in a message always comes right back to me. And, you know, I often, you know, I, I've been times when, when I'll be praying to God, especially at nighttime when I go to bed, and my mind will always wander somewhere else. And then what do, I, what do I have to do when my mind does that? I say, Lord, forgive me for letting my mind wander. But it does. And all of you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. You know, our, our mind, when, we, when we're talking to God, our mind wanders. And, and I often wonder why. Why does, why does it do that? I always pray every, every night. I pray every night, God... Just give me a peaceful sleep, you know, and and uh, and then I then I wonder. Just as soon as I say, God, give me some peaceful sleep, I start thinking about something else. It's terrible. It really is. And I'm talking about myself now. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about myself. You know you. I know me. We wonder that. God gets weary with our doings. For we many times get weary with God. God gets weary with us because we get weary with him. God wonders, why would we do that? He saved our soul. He sent his son to die for us, as we're going to say in just a minute. He did all these things for us. He, he thought about us even before the world began. He chose us in Christ before the world began. And you know... People don't know us like we know ourselves. I don't know you, and you don't know me like I know myself. And I don't know you like you know yourself. <clears throat> we get weary in his services. We get weary in his services. How many of you come to the Lord's house and you got other things on your mind besides serving the Lord? I'll always go back to old brother David Collier. He says too many people feel they have to be in the church. And he made a he made a bold statement. He said, You do not have to be in church. He said, You should want to be in church. You should run as hard as you can run. I was thinking this morning as I was sitting up here, you know, what if we go back to being at church by nine o'clock? What's it going to be like? We, we, we don't have to be at church till 10, till, till 11 o'clock now. And you got people still late. 
Well, what would happen? What would happen if, if, we, if we all of a sudden, if we get to go back to having Sunday school at 9 o'clock? How many of you want to get up and get here? How many of you want to get out of bed and get here? Sometimes it's just too much for us. You know, I, I've said before, you know, I, I get over here every Sunday morning about, uh, I get here probably around 8.30, 8 o'clock, somewhere along in there. And there are mornings when I lay in bed and I said, boy, I think I'll just sleep a little longer. But then the Lord won't let me sleep. Lord keeps reminding me what you've got to do. You've got to go. You've got to get ready to serve the Lord. What is, what's, what's wrong with us? If spiritual things become weary to us, then evidently we are weary with his will for our lives. If spiritual things become weary to us. You know, I, I, I would love to have a spiritual mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for you. It doesn't happen for me. If spiritual things become weary to us, then evidently we're weary with his will for our lives. It is a small thing to get weary with man, but it is a great deal to get weary with God. It's a small thing to get weary with men. Do you ever get weary with men? I do. Do you ever get weary with people? I do. Do you ever get weary with what's going on in the United States today? Sure you do. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a simple thing to get weary with man, but it's a great thing to get weary with God. And say, what's the use, God? What's the use in me praying What's the use in me going to church? I've, I've even had people right here say the very same thing to me. What's the use in going to church? What's the use in, in praying? What's the use in doing these things? Because nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. What's the use? God expects a lot more of his people than, they, than we give. He expects a lot more than we give. You'll say, well, I give everything I can. No, you don't. You don't. Brother Sam prays it all the time. If people just make a little extra effort. You hear Brother Sam. <coughs> Matter of fact, uh, one of the people that listened to our live streaming called me, and they said, uh, when y'all pray on Wednesday night, said, we hear Brother Neil. and said, we hear Brother Sam. But said we don't hear anybody else when they pray. You say, well, people don't like to hear us, but people do like to hear you pray. People like to hear you pray to where they feel like it's just like I got a message from the other side of the world. I got a message on Messenger from the other side of the world. And they said, we're coming from the other side of the world. And said, we listen to your live streaming every Sunday and every Wednesday night. Other side of the world. As a matter of fact, it was Thailand. 
They said on there, they said, it's a wonderful thing that we can do that. You know, do we get weary? We right here, right here. We don't have to be on the other side of the world to listen to it. We get to listen to it in person. We get to listen to it live right here, right now. We don't have to tune in a computer or a cell phone or anything like that to hear the message. We like it right here. What's wrong? What is wrong? I know I'm not much of a preacher. I know that. I've never been much of a preacher. But God has blessed me. God has blessed me tremendously. What a great blessing it is. Jehovah God said to his people, listen to this. Jehovah God said to his people, mandrakes give a smell. And at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. All of us. All of us needs to stop what we're doing and smell the roses. That's what mandrakes are. That's what he's referring to there. Mandrakes give a smell. We need to stop sometime. He told his people, why don't you stop sometime and smell? What what is this smell of the things that I give to you? Smell of the things that, that I take care of you with. A solemn rose. It's something, a great gift that God gives us that we can smell that wonderful smell. I tell you, I've heard people say, I think I heard Jim and Christy say when they when they were, was tested positive for uh, the COVID, they couldn't smell. And I think I heard Jim say sometime back they couldn't, uh, they still can't taste very well. But it's a wonderful thing to be able to stop sometime and just smell the roses. Smell what God has done for us. Just stop and think about what God has done for us. Don't, you don't have to be so busy that you can't stop and think what God has done for you. You don't have that many places that you have to go to. You know, it, it wearies, it wearies this pastor when he looks at Facebook. He sees people that should be in church, but they're somewhere else doing something else. I can't help it, folks. You can despise me for the rest of my life. I'm, I haven't got long for you to despise me. But I want to tell you, folks, we need to stop and smell the roses. The sweet odor of God's love is enough to keep us in God's will. Many times we can't see his matter of manner of love God has bestowed upon us. I tell you, I want my wife to love me. And I love my wife. I want my children to love me. And I love my children. I want my family to love me, and I love my family. I also want my church members to love me because I love my church members. The manner of love that God gave to us, bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, that's a wonderful love. That's a wonderful love. 
Somebody said to me one time several years ago, they said, uh, they talked about their family. And I said, well, I wished I could be in your family. They said, you can. Then I got to, after I said that, I walked out, and I said, well, I am in their family, family of God. The family of God. Family is a wonderful thing. I, I saw I saw a wonderful thing out of family yesterday, Brother Gary and Brother Greg. When that family talked about Sister Lila, what it was it, 20, 25, 30 minutes? They talked so long, I didn't think it was ever going to stop. But they talked about Sister Lila, how much they cared about her and what all she'd done for them and and all this and that. Why can't we do that at church? Why can't we talk about one another instead of talking about something way out there somewhere nobody knows anything about? Why can't we do that? God recalls two of his mercies toward his people. He brings them out. He says, oh, my people, in verse 3. Remember, it was... I'm sorry, remember, it must be very grievous to God when we just forget what he has done for us. We just forget what he has done for us. Somebody told me one time, said, I, I can't witness. I said, well, just tell people what God's done for you. That's witnessing. Tell people how God brought you along. That's witnessing. You tell what God's done for you, why would you witness to anybody about a God that hadn't done anything for you. He says, For I brought, I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I thought about when I made that statement there, took that statement, I thought about Sister Rhonda Rossbrook, who used to sing the song, Lord, uh, take the Egypt out of me. You took me out of Egypt, take the Egypt out of me. God, we need to pray to God, take the world out of us. We need, we, we need to pray to God that God will take us out of this world. I'm not talking about through death. I'm talking about through practice, through actions. And then that God would take the world out of us. God broke the power of their oppressors. God broke the power that sin had on us, the power that Satan had over us, and led us to the Lord Jesus Christ who died that we might be saved. You know, when Jesus, when God saved us, he had to take a lot of sin out of us. He had, he had to be stronger than the power of sin, God is stronger than the power of sin. Salvation is stronger than the power of sin. But sin has a great power over God's people. Do we remember that? And I say, or do we? Do we really remember it? Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe nothing has happened. That makes it easy to forget. 
You know, folks, I want to tell you, I've been saved 54 years. Almost. I'll never forget the day the Lord saved my soul. I was telling somebody that came up to me at the funeral yesterday. I told him, I said, uh, I'll never forget the day God saved me. Almost 54 years ago. All they said was, well, that's a long time. He says, I redeemed thee, verse 4. I redeemed thee. The price the Lord paid to bring them up out of the land of Egypt was a terrible judgment upon their enemies. The price he paid for you and me was his only begotten son dying on the tree of Calvary that we might have life everlasting. He gave himself a ransom for us. What a great blessing that is. What a great blessing that in a few years from now, maybe, maybe even sooner than that, I can lay down and I can leave this world. And I know right to this day that God saved me, March 27, 1967. And I still know how he saved me. I still know how he dealt with me. What about you? God speaks of what he does not want out of us. What he does not want out of us. He says, wherein shall I come before the Lord? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for my soul? What, what do I need to do? You might say, David, well, what else do I need to do? I've heard this old saying, I, I do the best I can. No, we don't. None of us do the best we can. What else shall I do? Do we think that God needs our measly dollars? Do you think God needs at least ten visits to the church house to be pleased with us? Just things that I've seen over the years and things that people have said to me. They said, I've been here every Sunday for the last five or six weeks. Why you preach to me like that? That was said to me. I've been in church. I don't, don't forget, uh, uh, I was at church last Sunday. But God doesn't want that kind of service. God, God doesn't, you say, well, I put money in the box. But I say, God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your service here at Landmark Baptist Church. He, he doesn't need that. You know what God needs? He needs you. He needs you. He needs you to, to come up with more spirituality than a lot of us do. 
What does God want for us? Here it is. This is what God wants. He wants us to do justly. Do justly. He wants us to love mercy. Love what God has done for us. Love it. Love it every day. Love it every second. Love it every minute. What God has done for us. And he wants us to walk humbly with him. Walk humbly with thy God. We're too brazen, folks. We're too brazen with our lives. We're too brazen with what we're going to do, what we love to do. Oh, I had so much fun this weekend. Well, were you in church? No, you were somewhere else. I had so much fun last week. Were you in church? No, you were somewhere else. You can find more fun in the world than you can serving the Lord, then you you're in the wrong you got the wrong attitude. As Brother Sam would say, we're having fun. Brother Sam, I'm having fun right now. This is what I it's what I have fun doing, this right here. I'm going to end this with this statement. May God get from you what he really wants. May God get from you what he really wants. All right, let's all stand if you would.